Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, October 15th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Josh Crash Davis for the week six NFL primetime show. And Crash, this reminds me, you know, I've been thinking about this as we're doing these primetime specific podcasts this season for the Sunday night and Monday night games. And of course, we've got Geno Smith and Big Ben yeah. off in, in game one. And then we've got Buffalo and Tennessee in game two. But with your you being around the same age as me, and it's again, this is your birthday weekend, so it made me think of it. You must have watched that NFL primetime show on ESPN oh, yeah. back in the day with with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that was what a finished all those Sunday nights. What a show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I was also just thinking that we're after midnight on the East Coast, so it's technically my birthday. <laughs> it's officially, you're right. I, yeah, I was giving you the credit in the in the central time zone there as it's still being the 15th but on the east coast it is the 16th so happy birthday officially yeah thank you thank you <laughs> all right well let's give out some some goodies here with these primetime matchups uh we are going to start with seattle and pittsburgh big story here of course russell wilson out he is officially on ir we're recording this right late on friday night so we have that news chris carson also on ir so we've got geno smith um, man, it's been a while uh, since he was really in the forefront of the NFL, really back when NFL primetime was still being aired consistently with, with Tom Jackson. But mm-hmm. um, we, we got a little glimpse of Geno Smith in that Thursday night game against the Rams. And he did okay statistically you know, until that last pick, which right. wasn't really his fault because Lockett fell. Um, but... You know, now Pittsburgh has a, a, a week to prepare for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they are the the underdogs on the road here. So, you know, Vegas really not expecting much out of Geno Smith and company in terms of being productive and getting in the end zone. And, you know, that makes sense to me. Pittsburgh's been pretty solid against um, the, the uh, just defensively across the board, yeah. especially on the ground. So, I think the better matchup for Seattle on paper is to try to throw it, but you know, how is Gino going to do? Well, mm-hmm. in terms of actually putting a roster together, uh, yeah, I'll just jump right to my key strategy here on, on the Seattle side, which is to get exposure to these wide receivers, DK and Lockett, and potentially just fade Gino. Mm. Um, you know, especially on DraftKings, you get the PPR, you know, he can, uh, he can he can set those guys up for decent days and not necessarily pay off himself if they're not scoring a bunch of touchdowns. Yeah. And Pittsburgh has given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers uh and, and really inside and outside. So Metcalf and Lockett both squarely in play for me. Uh and if you look at what Gino did down the stretch he he really spread the targ- targets out pretty evenly between those guys. Mm-hmm. He did he did get the touchdown to DK, but uh, you know I think they're both in play. So that's that's my key strategy really overall. What, what do you think about Geno in this passing attack? Yeah, I think I'm actually going to be doing something kind of similar with the quarterbacks and wide receivers for Pittsburgh. Um, So I think that, you know, not playing the quarterback, but taking the wide receivers, I think that's going to be a a pretty good move on this slate. Yeah, and when you get a low-scoring game on paper projected 
with the over-under. If it does play out that way, then it certainly could be the ideal strategy. So uh, we'll keep playing with that. Uh, looking at this rushing game a little bit, uh, Pittsburgh, they're not giving up rushing touchdowns. They're not giving up many receptions mm -hmm. to the running backs. So it's just not a great situation for Alex Collins and company. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think he's playable moving forward here in Chris Carson's absence. Yeah. I just don't think this is the best matchup for him. So uh, if I'm making one lineup, I'm probably fading that backfield. Um, we also have the tight end situation, which is flipped because Gerald Everett is now going to be active. Mm. He of course missed that Rams game being on the COVID list. So you want to downgrade Will Disley a little bit, uh, but I don't. I don't think you necessarily have to go there either. Uh, Pittsburgh giving up the ninth fewest points to tight ends. So, uh, what are your thoughts there on the running backs and tight ends? Any interest? Um, you know, I've I've seen you're talking about Alex Collins. Yeah, for, for Seattle. Yeah, I've seen quite a bit of him when he was at Arkansas. And um, he's he's definitely had his moments in the NFL, but I think that he's kind of also been pretty inconsistent. So he'll have, you know, a, a really nice game sometimes in relief appearance and then just kind of disappear the next week. So that would be my concern, especially against Pittsburgh, who's pretty tough front. You know, their front's pretty tough. And um, as far as tight ends, I know that the Steelers are going to have Devin Bush back. So that's going to help them against, you know, the tight ends and just their defense in general. So, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure if I would want to go there with either the running backs or the tight ends for, for the Seahawks. OK, well, let's transition to that Pittsburgh side. Uh, it sounds like we are both probably leaning there a little bit more towards our exposure. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, why don't you take the first crack at, at breaking that side down? Yeah. So for, for me, for the top, from the top, I'm looking at Najee Harris. Um, he's 17, 700 at the captain spot, 11, 800 in the flex on DraftKings. Expensive. But he's very running back. Yeah. And he's actually not to get into our second game, but he's actually higher priced than Derrick Henry. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that jumped out at me seeing that price. I mean, he gets a ton of targets, yeah, he's a huge part of this offense, but uh, yeah, ultra pricey. Oh yeah, definitely. And he's been, you know, the leading fantasy scorer for the Steelers all year. Um, he's averaging about twenty and a half fantasy points per game on DraftKings. He's been targeted thirty nine times, which is the most of any of their wide receivers or anyone else on the team. So seeing a ton of targets. Now he did have the game where he had you know, 19 targets and 14 receptions against Cincinnati. So that right. obviously has skewed those statistics, you know, quite a bit. Um, but this is also going to be his most favorable matchup on paper, at least as Seattle has allowed the third most fantasy points to halfbacks. And, you know, he's the top option for them and probably be the highest owned player on the slate. But I mean, it's for a good reason. I mean, he's he's been their their top option, and and um, like I said, this is a very favorable matchup for him. So that's that's what I'm looking at with with Harris. Um, and then as far as receivers go, you've got Deontay Johnson, who's been their top their top option, their top wide receiver, um, partly due to Claypool being out, you know, but. But um, even still, you know, he's he's seen 37 targets this year 
And it was kind of crazy. He only saw two targets last week, but he still had two catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. So he almost had similar numbers to what he was putting up when he was getting eight, you know, eight, nine catches in a game um, on just two catches. But, you know, going up against Seattle, they ranked 28th. um, So the fourth most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So I think that his targets will be back up this week as it'll be a, a more of a passing friendly environment. So I, I definitely like Deontay Johnson um, for a yeah, thousand me, yards. Go ahead. Yeah. Let me jump in on him just cause I, I do like him a lot here as well. Uh, and of course the big news with Juju out for the season, mm. I think Deontay is going to soak up some of those short intermediate routes and targets. Yeah. Um, you know, cause like last year, remember how hard it was to pair Ben up with if you were going to pick one receiver because he, you know, he th- he he targeted those guys heavily. Yeah. But all three of them would get a lot of targets, and so it could come down to well, who's going to get the touchdown? So it's a lot easier now with Juju out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I like Deontay here. Um, you know, getting those short passes. Yeah, that's a good point. And, um, and, and I, I think that, you know, Deontay, like we saw last year too, he just, he's just been like a target monster, you know, so still, still expect him to have a ton of targets this week. And then if you wanted to pay down just a little bit, you can pay down to Chase Claypool, um, had his best game of the year last week with five catches for 130 yards and a touchdown, but I'm definitely leaning between the two. I'm leaning more towards Johnson. So, okay. Um, And if you want to go real, real deep into the into the uh, roster, you can go and look for a value play um, in Anthony Miller. He was just recently signed from the Bears on the uh, to the practice squad on Tuesday, with Juju Smith-Schuster being down, and he's fifteen hundred at the captain. He's a thousand dollars in the flex, so really good value price there. Just have to make sure that he's going to be active, you know, on Sunday night. If he is, he's gonna he's gonna be the value play I'm looking at from Pittsburgh. Um, if he's not, you could also look at James Washington. He's supposed to be back after an injury, kept him out briefly last week. Um, Fifty two hundred in the flex, seventy eight hundred in the captain spot. So that's another option for value. Um, but hopefully Miller will be active, and then we can really pay down. Yeah, Miller d- turning into a journeyman. You know, Chicago, Houston. Definitely. I was kind of surprised he he got that touchdown with Houston, and then they they waved him. And so that that is going to be the key news here uh, as we wait until Monday night, mm-hmm. or sorry, sorry, Sunday night, yeah, uh, Sunday. To, to see if he's active. Uh, so definitely, uh, we'll be on top of that, and we won't be releasing our lineups to our members, of course, until we have that information. Uh, anything else on this side? Uh, the the tight ends, Firemuth. Ebron, um, sort of a yeah. split situation. Yeah, they are, and they just haven't been producing. I was looking at their numbers, and they're getting like two and three fantasy points a game. I mean, it's just not really what we want. So no, it's not. Yeah, those are those guys are GPP only, really, um, most likely because of the low volume and the the shared snaps. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll follow the news here. Hopefully, that got everybody ready for uh, Sunday to start to build your lineups. Um, and before we get to Buffalo and Tennessee, just want to r- remind folks that we will have full lineups for our members, uh, specifically on FanDuel and Yahoo. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so jump in with us if you like those. We give out cash lineups and GPP lineups for all these showdown games. Uh, DFSCoachTalk.com, the website that you see right there at the top of the screen. That's where you sign up, and we'll invite you into our Discord with an email. Give out the lineups about 45 minutes before kickoff, and we give our core plays on DraftKings for cash and GPP. All right, game two, Josh. Let's head to the Monday night battle between Buffalo and Tennessee. Mm -hmm. uh, looking like potentially some more fantasy action on paper with a total of 53.5 at betus.com.pa, one of our partners. And Buffalo favored by six on the road. They have really gotten hot here after that loss to Pittsburgh. They reeled off four straight wins, a couple of big shutouts, mm -hmm. the win over KC. Uh, and now they've got Tennessee, who's getting healthier. And I know you'll tell us about that here in a minute. But let me start on the Buffalo side. And, uh, I mean, how can you not like this position for Josh Allen? The guy's yeah. on a roll. Uh, if you look at what Kyler Murray did as a mobile quarterback against Tennessee way back in week one, remember that? 289, four touchdowns. Oh, he yeah. ran for a score, just had his way. Mm -hmm. So, I, I like the spot for Josh Allen. You know, he's the ultra expensive guy now in this slate, 12,800 on DraftKings, but that's certainly no surprise. Right. And I would like to, to pair him up with a receiver or two. You know, this passing attack is, is the way to get after Tennessee. Um, they're allowing 279 yards per game, 21st. You know, they're, I would call them sort of an average to below average defense. So, you you know, you can run against them too, but a little better matchup on paper with, with the passing attack. Um, they allow the most fancy points to wide receivers. So I'm looking at Diggs here. He's got mm -hmm. an excellent rating uh, from pro football focus in this game. Um, and Beasley. So that's where I want to start here. I want to talk about those three guys, get your input on that. Uh, if you look at some of these previous matchups with Tennessee, uh, you know, they've been beaten on the outside, beaten on the inside. Uh, if you look at Lockett, uh, what he did against them, even, even Jamison Crowder. So I like Beasley here, uh, 5,400 on DraftKings. He's a potential GPP captain for me. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk a lot about, strategy for these showdowns because we we um i mean we give out all these lineups for showdowns so we gotta be on top of it and you can go with josh allen and then you're gonna have to fill in with some cheap guys that you might not be thrilled mm -hmm. about you know or you can pay down a dig for for digs as as a captain but if you go with beasley you know then you can get a little more excited about how the rest of your lineup works out and we're on we're on DraftKings, so ppr yeah. uh and Beasley, you know, he's he's a perfect GPP guy because he's had a couple big games, but then last week he was almost non-existent against Kansas City. Right. Um, so that's that's where I'm starting my build here with Buffalo. What are your thoughts on Allen and the passing game? Yeah, I I've been waiting for Diggs to have that big, you know, that monster breakout game um, this year, and, and so far it hasn't happened. So it's just bound to happen any minute. You know, one of these games here real soon. So why not? Why not this week in a very favorable matchup against this Tennessee secondary? 
Um, and, and I like the call with Beasley because like you said, he's going to be lower owned and just not a lot of people are going to be thinking to play him on this kind of slate. So I like that. And obviously Josh Allen, I mean, he's back in that MVP caliber playing level of play. So he's definitely, I mean, he's, he's pretty much just been the top quarterback the last couple of weeks in many ways. So, yeah. And then in terms of, you know, how it plays out, uh, Manuel Sanders had the two touchdowns. Uh, so Diggs kind of disappointed in that sense against Kansas City, but it certainly could be his turn this time around. Has he got it down yet? Uh, Diggs? Yeah. Is, I think he's at either one or zero. Yeah. That's uh, double check that. Yeah. One or zero, but yeah. Uh, so he, he certainly do, no, no doubt about it. Now, uh, the other guy who kind of stole the show against Kansas City was Dawson Knox once again. He's had some big games. He's really gotten a bunch of touchdowns here. Uh, you were on him against Houston. Uh, he went over 100 yards against Kansas City. Now, in this matchup, Tennessee has given up the third fewest fancy points to tight ends. But they really haven't faced a strong group of them. Uh, I, I think Knox is definitely the best that they've faced. Mm -hmm. And last week, Dan Arnold, 6 for 64. So... Uh, you know, Knox is sort of a, you know, an in-betweener for me yeah. where you know, I, this is the type of situation I'd like to invest in where, you know, they are strong on paper against tight ends. But if you dig in, you can see that it actually is a decent matchup because Knox is so skilled. In fact, Pro Football Focus gives him a 56% advantage in his matchup, which mm. is pretty significant. So I'd yeah. like to play him because of that, but he's 7,600 on DraftKings. So, uh, you know, that's that's pretty pricey for a tight end. So that's why, you know, right that's now why. he might be on the outside looking in for me, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep playing with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had that monster game against Kansas city. So. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's really uh, developing, uh, a nice little rhythm here uh, and a really important security blanket for, for Josh Allen. It makes that offense uh, even that more dynamic with all these weapons. Mm -hmm. Now the running backs have a 40%, uh, you know, the offensive line has a 40% run blocking advantage against Tennessee on paper. So it looks decent, but this, I mean, you know, this is just a backfield that in general I like to avoid Moss has been the touchdown guy, certainly got more touches against Kansas City, but he's more expensive. Um, so, you know, you don't you don't need to go there. This is, uh, again, sort of like Seattle. Uh, it's a backfield that I think if I'm making one lineup, I'm, I'm probably going to pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, uh, my internet actually cut out, so I'm not sure exactly what you were saying there, so I apologize, but. Okay, yeah. So any any strong interest in either of these Buffalo running backs? Or are you ready to basically fade that backfield like me? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Zach Moss. You know, it's it's hard to know sometimes whether he or Singletary is going to get the carries. Um, but it seems like he's been getting quite a bit of. If anyone. Okay. All right, so let's let's transition to the Tennessee side, um, and 
as the big underdogs here at home, uh, sort of an uphill battle. Yeah. Uh, do you have any secrets for for the Titan side? Anything that you think is going to work that uh, well, we, we might we might want to focus on? Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be some tough sledding for the Tennessee um, Buffalo's number one in fantasy points allowed against quarterbacks, number one in fantasy points allowed against wide receivers, and number three in fantasy points allowed against halfbacks. So it doesn't leave much. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, they're like number 11, I think, against tight ends. So they're not even that bad against tight ends. So it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be some tough sledding. Obviously, I think a lot of people are going to be wanting to play Derrick Henry, um, you know, the top fantasy halfback this season, averaging just under 30 fantasy points per game. But like I said, Buffalo's allowed the third fewest points per game to halfbacks. And um, I think fading him in tournaments, although it would be bold, I think it'd be a really nice leverage move possibly. So. And, um, and then when it comes to they have a lot of the fantasy wide receivers, so AJ Brown and Julio Jones, they don't look like great options either. Um, of the two, AJ Brown seems to have the more favorable matchup as he's projected to line up against Levi Wallace, who Pro Football Focus says that he has a 92.8 matchup advantage against. Um, and and Brown, AJ Brown is 7,800 on DraftKings and the flex and then 11,700 in the captain spot. So that would be of the, of the wide receivers, AJ Brown would be where I would lean. And then I'm possibly going to fade Derrick Henry. I'm not sure, but there's really not much at all that I like on Tennessee, honestly. Yeah. I mean, the numbers across the board are just really strong for that Buffalo defense. Uh, number one in points allowed too, only 12.8 per game. You know, they haven't had uh, real tough matchups with running backs. Obviously, nobody in the caliber of of Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree. I mean, it's really – that's the key question for this slate is is do you fade him with yeah. how expensive he is? And I, I think it's doable. Um, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he – you know, it's like there's not many players in the NFL who probably want to try to tackle him. And even if they have the courage to take on that beast, uh, you know, are capable of doing it uh, mm-hmm. repeatedly all night. He just they just wear people down because they give him so many carries. Right. So it is. It's a real challenge to fade him, but uh, I, you know, I think it's worth looking at in this matchup. But like you said, it's it's hard to get excited about anybody else for Tennessee. These wide receivers, they've been banged up. Mm-hmm. Are they 100% in these tough matchups? You know, they're a lot cheaper here um, than, you know, the the top uh, Buffalo receivers. Right. But uh, you just don't have as much confidence. Yeah. So it's, a, it's kind of a fun one uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, if you get uh, a couple of those guys for a GPP, then, you know, you, you can still afford the guys on Buffalo that you want. Now, uh, you know, you could – we, we got to get somebody from Tennessee, right? We can't just take five yeah. Buffalo guys in the defense. So um, we'll, we'll see who's active for the, the wide receivers. They've kind of been mixing and matching their third and fourth wide receivers, guys uh, injured coming in and out of the lineup. 
but we've got Jeremy McNichols for 3000 mm-hmm. You could go there. He's been getting a couple catches per week. Ferkser at 4000 yeah. um, You know, He's probably the guy you feel most confident about getting a handful of targets. What do you think about any of these value plays for Tennessee? Yeah, I was thinking we may even have to go with like one of the the, the kicker, you know. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that that's always a viable option, you know, in these kind of showdown slate setups. So that's honestly that that could possibly be, you know, if I go with maybe AJ Brown and the kicker or something like that, that would might possibly be my Tennessee exposure and that would be it, you know. Maybe even just one of those two. Yeah, that certainly could be uh could be the way to go. Well, um, for the listeners out there, uh, give us your thoughts on Tennessee. Are we missing anything? Is there somebody we should be excited about? Because we're just not. We're not excited about this side. Uh, we, we like Buffalo this week, so we'd love to hear your thoughts. We appreciate you, you all tuning in. Uh, we'd love to get, have you do the old uh, thumbs-up combo with the subscribe to the channel and hit the alert button. So you know when the podcasts are going to come out. We've completed the main slate podcast, so check that out if you haven't seen it yet. Get get ready for the week six main slate. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that that should do it. Hopefully everybody's off to a good start here building those lineups for the showdowns. Uh, Can't wait to finalize ours for the members on all three sites. So, again, jump in at DFSCoachTalk.com for some lineups. Let us know if you have any questions on Twitter at DFSCoachTalk. And coming up next week, we'll have our NBA podcast uh, to start the season. So check those out as well. All right. That does it for the primetime show. Uh, Josh, have a great birthday weekend. I'll see you as we build some lineups. And uh, on behalf of the birthday boy and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.